Hello, welcome to Vet Club. It's the week. Which week is it? It's September 15th. Oh, I was like, it's, it's week 37. I don't oh, know. I know, we just do by the date. No, I know. <laughs> I don't have a number. Um, but yeah, it's the week. Um, so you wanted to do a week show today. Yeah, because you just went to a conference. I did. And you have an exciting announcement I do. at Virginia Tech. I do. That's true. And that's it. Next week's a big week for us, too. Yeah. And we're finally going on the trip we've been talking about You're for a while. You're turn 47. You're not funny. <laughs> he thinks he's funny. Uh, yeah, my birthday, that wasn't what I was going for. But yes, my birthday is, it's like a week from Sunday. So it's like two weeks from now. Um, but next week we leave for our Grand Canyon trip, our backpacking trip. Yep. So we'll talk and we'll tell you. That'll be a non-veterinary show. We'll probably just talk about that trip because we have been <laughs> mentioning it. But yeah, last week um, I was at IVEX, which if you don't know what IVEX is, it's the International Veterinary Emergency Critical Care Symposium. So it's kind of like the main uh, emergency critical care conference every year. Um, it's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, so I was at, at that the past week, I had to go a little early for some Cause you're the board president. stuff elect. I'm the president elect. President I have a whole nother year before I'm the actual president. I'm still in training. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like, I'm a regular board member right now. Um, but yeah, so had like meeting stuff for that. And then I did some like moderating and stuff of some things, but I wasn't actually doing any presentations, um, which is, it's kind of nice when um, I've got like the board stuff to do because that keeps you busy. Um, but I have submitted a bunch of proposals for next year's. We'll see. Some of them are education and some of them are not. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe if I can like do some non-education things, then they'll let me like tack on some education stuff. They're like, well, we're already going to bring her out here. Maybe yeah. we'll let her do this other stuff she's been asking to do for years. Um, but I have a backup plan for if that doesn't happen. This is like, you should oh. just do it in the hallway. I kind of do. <laughs> like I do like what if, if anybody who's through? willing to hear me, I just talk their ears off. You get the there early and you sneak in the back and you write into all the itineraries. <laughs> like your own, like, we print out a page and you just like literally sneak in thousands in of copies and I'll just, yeah, yeah maybe, you, sneak maybe you can help me with that. Yeah. Yeah. You can do some of that for me. Um, yeah. So I, um, attended the, probably the, the big things that I attended were the abstracts. So, um, every year, there are two series of abstract presentations. There's a resident series, and then there's just like the general um, abstract presence. So this is people who have done some research, and a lot of times they're either in the process of getting it published, or in some cases it's already been published. Like, like, but it's it would have been very recently published. Most of the time, things are not published, but they're in the process. Sometimes it's like preliminary research, so they're they're not even done with the study, but they're presenting mm -hmm. kind of where they are at that point. Um, so it's, that's that's always a fun thing. The resident one's always fun because it's you know residents who did the, you know the project during their their training period, and so they're getting to practice presenting that. And there's some like good stuff that's out there, and it always gives me a lot of ideas. I've always wondered why do they call it an abstract? Um, you know. I, <laughs> Right? No the idea. word doesn't really make sense. It's it doesn't. Like, it's it's because uh, it's just usually like a summary or yeah, it's it's a summary is like what the, it is. It's not an abstract like in reference to painting. You're like that's very abstract, right? Yeah. Um, it's like the opposite of abstract. It's like oh, here's what <laughs> here's what we actually did with no real like alliteration. I'm gonna look it up while while you complain about it some more. Yeah. Um, why is a scientific abstract? called an abstract is that what you googled 
That's what I'm Googling right now. Yeah, you're the longest Googler ever. Maybe. Um, okay. So as a whole, the word abstract conveys the concept of drawn off from. It, it, this person, whoever wrote this, it's, it fits both the idea of a scientific abstract, which contains a summary of points drawn from the body of text it precedes, and the idea of an abstract painting, which is often a symbolic representation of the ideas that inspired the artist. So it's abstracted from someone's head? Yeah. abstracted from someone's yeah. study? I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. All right. I get it. All right. Moving on. Mystery solved. Yeah. Um, it was a good question. Yeah, I'd never really thought about it. Uh, so anyhow, the... Yeah, so that's what it was. Like, here's a brief summary of the research that we've done. Um, and then it's cool because there's like an opportunity then afterwards. So it's usually, it's a 12-minute presentation and then three minutes for questions um, or comments. And so it's an opportunity for people to ask questions, but also sometimes make suggestions. So like if you're in the presentation phase, but you haven't actually gotten it um, published yet, or maybe you're still preparing the manuscript, um, sometimes people will be like, hey, have you thought about doing this? Or, you know, did you look at it? You know, not like change your whole study some people i don't think we had any of those this year like every once in a while people will be like right you did all this wrong but it's more just like hey since you have all this data maybe you could look at it in this way or you could you know kind of take this just one additional step um and so it's it's oftentimes like a really good opportunity to you know kind of crowdsource and be like okay what do people think what's good what's bad um so that's that was kind of fun um get you ready for the reviewers are gonna say yeah i mean truly the difference is like again it's in a public forum. And so like, you don't want to be a jerk because yeah. everybody can see you being a jerk. Um, so Whereas, like I like, asked some questions. Is just like reviewing is usually anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. It's not always anonymous, but it's usually anonymous. And so, yeah, you kind of, you, uh, you have to stand up and, and actually one of the things they want you to do when you ask questions of this is like, say your name and where you're from. So it's like, that person is terrible. They're so mean. <laughs> um, but no, in general, people are the, the last few years, I think, I, yeah, I think it's been a long time since anybody was like a big jerk at any of these things. Although that has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I people are like, for the Hey, first time the other day that would you like, say? um, it makes sense that it would happen, but I never thought of it. What's so that? if you publish a lot of papers, mm-hmm. sometimes a reviewer will ask you to, uh, like, you should read up on such and such, and it ends up being you. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah they complain about this. Is like, it finally happened. <laughs> I was uh, told to refer to an article that I wrote that, uh, yeah, somebody to better like, understand the topic that I'm writing like, about. Oh, you clearly aren't clear. You don't understand, blah, 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 blah. You should read this. And you're like, you know what? I should read that because it's been a while since I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had that happen to me. Yeah. Um, I think that's more like, um, yeah. like research people. Yeah. Like primary, like, yeah. yeah. In the, the hard sciences or basic sciences. Um, no, people are generally pretty good. They usually come up and they're like, Hey, you know, really nice job. You know, good presentation. Thanks for doing the research. Here are my thoughts. Or, you know, have you thought about this or, um, you know, and so, yeah. So there was some, some good presentations. Uh, I asked some questions. It was fun. So like they also, they want to make sure that like, everybody gets asked a question because like there's nothing even though people are like cool no questions like oh, I don't want to have to answer any questions it's actually you you want people to show interest be like oh yeah they asked yeah. there was a lot of questions they were really excited about my Not stuff just be like Duh. Um, and some people sometimes the reason people don't ask questions isn't because it wasn't good it's because they just didn't have any questions but at any rate what the the organizer for the abstracts um Tony Mann who's been doing it for a really long time he also organizes um a discussant 
which I didn't even know that was a word, but that's what they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically somebody who is going to be assigned, you are going to um, ask at least a question. Um, And it's nice to kind of know like, okay, I need to make sure I'm paying attention, maybe take some notes so that I can ask a good question. Um, So I've for the last several years signed up to do those. I usually just tell him, I'm like, I'm going to be there all day. So I can just fill in for any, you know, if you're having trouble to get discussants and then I'm like the alternate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's always people who like at the last minute. So can't you're the come. plant. I'm the plant. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And then there were, I mean, there were several that like, I like sitting in on those, like that's the thing I'm going to attend anyway. And so, um, there were some that I wasn't the plant for, but I still ask questions. Um, and then there was one that I was assigned to ask questions for, but like somebody jumped right up to the microphone before I did and asked several questions. So I was like, okay, I guess I won't go up there and say anything. Uh, I had my questions ready, but they were like, boom, they had, they really wanted to ask their questions. Um, but yeah, in general, it was, it was good. There was a, a, a good, it's a good mixture too. Like it's a bit of a grab bag. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that was fun doing that. There's always like the social aspect of going to a conference like this too. So it was fun getting to catch up with, um, some of my like Florida people and then my NC state people. Um, and then just kind of random people that I've worked with. When you South African over people the year. There this year? I did not see any South Africa people no. this year. Um, I feel like the, every time I've gone, I know they're usually, yeah, there usually has been at least one person who shows up. Um, but no, uh, and not that I saw. So if there, if there was anybody there, I missed them, which is certainly possible. I mean, there are literally a few, I'm pretty sure like 1500, 2000 people at this conference. Um, and as you know, listeners might not know, but as you know, I'm kind of antisocial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, um, I did go to two social things. Yeah. Um, one I had planned to, this, I thought I was going to go to just the one, um, but I ended up getting talked into going to another one, mm-hmm. um, which was cool and walk faster next time (laughs) right it was like oh i was chatting and i was recruiting is what i was doing and it was like oh you should come to this thing and i'm like i don't want to all right fine i was like i did an rsvp i don't have a pass somebody will have an extra pass for you and then somebody did i was like oh i'll just walk over there and then there won't be anybody and i'll just walk away it'll be fine because i don't like to be that person to be like can you just let me in because that just puts that person who's supposed to not let you in in an awkward position so i don't want to be that person um but we get there and this is like oh i have an extra ticket is this President Bobby? Well, of course That's you can come not in. even a little, you just, <laughs> you think it's so different. Most, um, yeah, most people don't pay that much attention to it. I don't yeah. think. I guess a few people do, but most people don't. I can get you a t-shirt that next year says, like, I'm the president. I'm the president. I'm the president. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. You get me a t-shirt. Yeah. I'll totally wear it. And on the back, it'll be like 47. <laughs> For, is that because I'm the 47th president? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many ACFEC presidents there have been. Yeah, probably like 15. No, I, there's probably more than that. It's a two-year term, so it'd be more. I could go, We can go back. and uh, Actually, you know what we should do? We should make a t-shirt and get like the cartoon, not cartoon, but like, you know, the silhouette face of all of the presidents. Wouldn't that be fun? And just line them up with the years that they did yeah. it. Yeah, we could do that. You have a year. Get on it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I did a few social things, attended a few other things. And then one of the fun things I got to do was I, I moderated a, a fun session, or two fun sessions, rather. So there was a series um, of, 
it wasn't like a pan, like it was just different. So basically there was a topic and then they had two presenters, um, one who was an MD and then one was a DVM. And they were like, here are the perspectives from human medicine and veterinary medicine on this topic. And so I moderated two of those. And so like in advance, it was kind of like, okay, here's what they plan on talking about. Here are their points, but it wasn't like a lecture. It wasn't a PowerPoint presentation with like, here are the things. We're so it was more like kind of Q and A style. Um, and so I was, I was asked to moderate these. And so then I kind of worked out, you know, just quickly and informally, um, you know, the, the two moderator or the two speakers for the one were like, okay, here's kind of our outline of what we want to talk about. I was like, that sounds cool. Here's how I envision monitoring, moderating that. Does that sound good? And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and then the other two, um, kind of the same thing. They're like, okay, here's the outline of the, the main topics, uh, points we want to come, we want to talk about. And then I was like, okay, here's, theirs was a little different. So it was like, okay, here's how I would moderate this one. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, cause it's like, okay, trying to keep it flowing because when it's Q and a style, it's very easy to go off and to like get sucked down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And then you only talk about this one thing, which for one of them, we were, we were in danger of doing that. And so I was like, I have to be the bad guy here and be like, sorry, we're not going to, I'm not going to take any more questions on this. We're going to move on to that. Cause I, I wanted to make sure they had yeah. this whole thing planned. I want to make sure they got to their points that these are the things we think these are the important things to go over. So I wanted to make You're sure we got to that. Things. So I moderated, it. Yeah. Um, but had some fun with it too. And, um, so it was, it was cool. It helped, uh, the, the, you know, presenters were very good. And, uh, so they had, they had some fun with it, but it was, you know, it gauged people were asking questions. Um, and so I was like running around with my little microphone and like, going to the audience I was I was kind of like I was gonna say Sally Jesse Raphael and I don't what um do they have shows like that anymore Ricky Lake? yeah usually they have somebody uh, and take somebody else up to them right I did all of it I'm yeah yeah that I'm I, was I think one of them did talented. go into the sand maybe like Ricky Lake yeah yeah there was always I felt like there was anyway um but it, it was like that without um like there were no Who's the father <laughs> none of that <laughs> happened um and then but the second the second one I moderated a little bit different setup, but they had prepared um, like some videos and images of the things they were planning to, to talk about, but it's like free form. It's not a lecture. So they were, I mean, they're in there in kind of the order they thought they was going to go through, but it didn't quite go in the order. Mm. And like literally five minutes before um, we were getting it on the computer and I was like skimming through like, okay, what, <laughs> what do they have here? What do they have? Yeah. Um, Cause I had the little clicker to move things around cause they were going to be doing the talking. And, and so I was trying to, they, there was no sound on the videos because the whole idea was like those would be playing kind of in the background and you just kind of listen to them. And um, apparently, so like, I was like, all right, I can, I can handle this. And so I kind of had like a general idea of where things were. And then I would go back up to the computer occasionally, you know, in between getting questions answered while the speakers were talking and like, okay, here's where I want to go next. And so I'd go to the next slide and just have that, you know, sometimes it was a video, sometimes it was just photos. Um, and then I was like, okay, I, I know where the next one is. So I would click ahead and back and forth. And apparently, um, uh, the, the, one of the presenters who had like, you know, put all the, the material together, somebody came up to him afterwards and was like, that was like so well coordinated. It was like, you guys, like, they, I think they thought we'd like worked on that for weeks or something <laughs> like that. And, um, yeah. So then he told me later, he was like, yeah, like 
great, great job moderating. Like, cause he didn't, it was kind of behind where he was. So he couldn't even really yeah. see the screens. Um, so I was trying to pay attention and then would occasionally be like, oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah, here, yeah, this thing that I'm talking about. So he had, he had done all the work to prepare it. Um, and I was just trying to keep up with like what they were saying and would like move ahead and flip back and forth. Like, oh, now the, the, you know, MD is talking. So put the photos that she had brought up and then, okay, the DVM's talking, put the video that he had brought up and um, trying to just match it to what they were saying mm-hmm. um, while also running around and getting questions. And it was, it was fun. I like, I enjoyed it. And, you know, I had some questions of my own and since I was in charge of the microphone, I got to make sure my questions <laughs> were asked. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was funny because the, the first one too was, was good because every time, like I had a little script, like where we were going next, what were the topics just to try to keep us on task and on time. And then people would often like just it flowed naturally. So people would ask a question. It was like, perfect. Like it would just naturally yeah. flow into the next topic quite that often. That might be a fun way to do some videos for us. What do you mean? Like, so um, you just pick a topic, like I don't, some sort of vet student topic. Yeah. And then you get all your pictures and videos that you have with it. Mm-hmm. And then you get a couple of students and oh, okay. they like ask you questions and you're able to pull up your yeah, and just be like, video. Oh, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Just have it ready. and Yeah. It can be like, them talking so it's like semi-scripted, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I anticipate we'll talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And when they ask the question, you're like, oh, I have a video for that. Because that's the hard part I have when um, we want to do a video on something. And like, I don't know what any of your pictures on videos on your yeah. phone are. So I can't yeah. put them in. But well, if that was the thing is having me moderate rather than like a professional, like you have to have somebody who knows the content yeah. to try to moderate. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just kind of fun. So it was like just winging it. And like I said, it really helped that um, all the presenters I was moderating for like were really prepared. They, you know, gave me a lot of good stuff to work with. Um, so I mostly just was like, just keep it flowing. Just How many people were there? There was a lot in, in the audience. You yeah. Know? Um, the first one, there were probably, I would guess, like 150 to 200 people yeah. in the audience for that one. Probably less than the second because of the last session of the day and people start to kind of trail off there. Um, but that one was probably only like 100. Yeah. Um, so a decent size um, audience. They had a big room um, set aside for that one. And it was just a cool format, like you said, hearing... Um, the human medicine perspective. And most of the stuff is very similar. There's a few things that are different. Like I said, um, the physician that she was awesome. She was really funny. And, um, but also like very much like, yeah, like it, she, you could tell that she had worked, um, or at least knew not worked with, but like knew a couple of veterinarians. She was a military physician. Um, and we had um, a military veterinarian and so she knew him. And so I think they had chatted about stuff before. So she had, was like reasonably familiar with, you know, veterinary medicine, not one of those physicians. who looks like, Oh my gosh, you guys give fluids too. Like there are some, <laughs> there's some MDs that are very Your patients breathe oxygen. Yeah. Like they just seem very like amazed that we do real medicine. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you have like, you have, you, you, you can ventilate them? You're like, yes. Um, and those are advanced things and not everybody does, but like they just get amazed. They're like, oh, you use that medication? Oh, oh, you know? And you're just like, dude, it's kind of insulting. <laughs> so she was not like that at all. Um, she was really cool. Um, so yeah, the, those were kind of the, the highlights for me um, for the conference. And then I also took the opportunity to do some recruiting Recruiting for what? Recruiting for what? Ah, oh, this is the announcement. Um, so it's official. We are looking for a second criticalist at Virginia, Maryland. Whoop, 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 wait, whoop. Wait, wait. Yeah, play the exciting. Which music is it? That one. <laughs> so yay. Um, so that uh, is official now. Like we officially have a um, a position open for a second full time 
critical care specialist. And th- that was so always So if you want to work with Bobby, Google yeah. Virginia Tech. Uh, you can send me an email and then I will just send you yeah. the post. Like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can just look for it. But if you go to, I think it's jobs.vt.edu. Yeah, no, just Google it. But probably Googling it. I don't think they have a search on the Virginia Tech They do. Thing. It's just, if you type that in veterinary, it'll, it'll come up. I've tried it. I, Google's I, better. I, yes, but that's fine. Or you can email me and I will send you the link. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, that was always the plan. Um, you know, like when I applied to Virginia, Maryland, because ACFEC requires you to have two diplomats in order to start a residency. You don't count as two? <laughs> I don't even know if that was meant to be insulting or um, complimentary, but mm-hmm. no, I don't count as two. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I knew leaving a big program like Florida where I was training lots and lots of residents that I was going to miss that aspect of it. Although not gonna lie, it was kind of nice to have a break for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work training residents and, um, it's not they always have thing. these questions. Yeah. It's like, they want you to teach them. <laughs> no. And I, and I actually really enjoy that, but it is a lot of work. Um, and I knew coming here and doing all this other stuff, like there's no way I could have done that from the start. Like I needed to get the program itself a little bit more established. Um, um, but like we're, we're doing that. I'm really proud of, of the growth that we've seen and, and what we've been able to build so far, mostly with the emergency service. And now we can kind of start focusing more on the critical care side of things. So yeah, looking for a partner, looking for a friend, looking for a buddy, looking for somebody who wants to come and do emergency critical care with me. And um, so, yeah, I was doing some recruiting, talking to some folks that I know, being like, hey, you totally want to come work with me, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, which when you say that to people, um, they don't want to be mean. So they're like, yeah, I totally yeah. do. Um, which may or may not be true, and that's okay. But uh, yeah, so I think I have a couple of couple prospects right now. Um, and then, you know, anybody out there listening, if you've ever thought about working in academia, but weren't sure, like, oh my gosh, you should totally consider it. Um, if you have any inkling at all that you like teaching, cool. If you like research, awesome. If you don't like teaching or research, that's actually also okay. We can create a position where you don't have to do much of the thing you don't like. That um, is pretty flexible. But the big thing you have to really want to do is start a residency with me. Um, and my hope, and here's how I think it could be exciting. It could also sound a little daunting to some people, but I think if you know you're not doing it by yourself, it's less less daunting. But I want to create a residency from scratch that isn't necessarily the same as all the other residencies out there. Like we have, I think, a unique opportunity when you're starting from scratch that you can do it however you want to. I mean, obviously within the constraints of what the requirements are, but um, that there's a lot of freedom in that. And so I'm really looking forward to working with somebody who wants to maybe do things differently. Yeah, it um, seems like a lot. So residencies are almost the opposite of PhDs. Where it's like when you do a PhD, they expect you to stay in academia. Like that's the whole reason. Like I remember when I was, um, my, my sister-in-law is big in the like Mm -hmm. postdoc PhD world. Yeah. And her thing is like, like most people when they finish their PhD do not stay in academia. Right. And I went with her to a lecture one time that was supposed to be about that. And all they talked about was like job opportunities in academia. And she got up and she was just like, this is not where everybody's going to work. She's like 65% or even may even be a bigger number. Yeah. Don't stay in academia. And you're only talking about what are the other things? Like the whole reason we came here. Yeah. And they were just kind of like, wow, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
Whereas with your like residencies, it's almost assumed that you're going to private practice and they don't teach you how to do the academia side. You know what's funny about that is that that's actually not how it started out, right? Most mm-hmm. residents, most specialists ended up at universities. Yeah. That is where most specialists started. And the residencies are like they used to be. They're probably busier now. Um, but despite that, and even the residencies that are in academia or in universities, um, still don't, I think most people finish the residency and they don't feel prepared to go into a university position um, because the way they're structured is very heavily clinical. Like there's like, you're going to spend a lot of time doing clinics. It isn't that you have to do seven hours of teaching. It's six hours of classroom teaching and six hours of laboratory teaching over three years. That yeah, is so what 12 ACFEC hours requires. Of teaching. That is what ACFEC requires. Um, ACFEC also requires 72 weeks over three years of immersion training in ECC, meaning you're working in ECC. So, but that's like, half of your three years. So there's a whole other half, that's a year and a half of your training that is meant to be, it it can be non-clinical training. Um, A lot of programs, now that's not entirely true, um, not non-clinical training, but non-ECC clinical training. Then you have about 20 weeks of um, non-ECC specialty immersion. So you have to do six weeks of surgery, six weeks of medicine, uh, and then two weeks each of cardiology, neurology, ophthalmology, anesthesia, and I'm probably missing one. Um, so there's there's certain things that are prescribed. And then you have to do some research and you have to get a publication out there. But there's no real guidance on what that needs to look like. And 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 that's, from ACFEC's perspective, I think that's okay that yeah. they don't provide more specifics, but it means that well, they, we have they a, leave lot you a lot freedom. of freedom. Exactly. But that, then what do you But do what I would like to do is create a more structured curriculum. I want it to be more like, here's what you're going to be spending. You're going to have this many weeks of doing this, this many weeks of doing that. Now the details in there, we can have a lot of flexibility built in, right? Um, but you, we're going to spend time. So the other thing I want to do is I want to have this be a residency where somebody finishes this and they feel like I am prepared to get a job at a university. Now, I also think they'll be prepared to get a job in private practice because when you're doing a year and a half of clinics, like you're going to be in pretty good shape for that. Um, So I'm not worried um, that somebody could finish the residency and be like, oh, I don't think I can go into private. Like I think they they still could. And I want to make sure that we... Yeah. We're allowing that. Like we need to make sure that that people feel like they can go into private practice too. But uh, I don't see that being a huge issue. Well, that if um, they, they have to pass the exam. I feel like anybody who passes the uh, yeah. the board exam because would that's, be comfortable. And that's for your clinical practice. stuff. Like the exam doesn't test you on your ability to um, do research, uh, right. to do research. It doesn't test to you on your class. ability to teach. No, that's not at all in the exam. So yeah, those, those residents. benchmarks are there. Um, but what I want to do is I want to spend some time and, and, and really intent, be really intentional about, are we really preparing you for the job? I would like to create a residency where the people who are applying for it have the intention of ending up in a, at a university yeah. like that. That's, I think I want that to make that, I guess, let me, let me change that a little bit. I would love for the residency to have a lot of built-in flexibility. And so I would love for people to declare and say, my plan after this um, program, after my residency training is I want to get a job at a university. And so here's the curriculum that we have for you. If you say, Hey, I, that's not as important to me. Maybe we have a slightly different curriculum yeah. or maybe it's quite Or if you start doing know. it, it's like, uh, I'd like to change. Yeah. We can be flexible. This, this stinks. Yeah. It turns out I really don't like teaching. Okay, cool. So maybe yeah. we cut back on some of those, those times and we spend more of it over here or something that you're interested in. Um, but I want to make sure that we have a curriculum that is one flexible, but two, 
really prepares residents for the job that they are going to apply yeah. for. Well, teaching you like the how to deal with all the bureaucracy. Yeah, like I want to put them on a committee, you know, and maybe they're a non-voting member on a committee, but you're going to be on a committee because you want to, you're going to see how committee work yeah. is at the university level. Um, what are the kinds of things that, you know, is involved in that? But, you know, so it's not, I, yeah, I just want, I want them to learn all aspects of the job. Um, that's my, that's my hope and my plan. And I want it to be, but I also want the flexibility. Um, I think we need to recognize that we are, I, ECC maybe in particular, but I don't think it's just ECC. I think all the specialties um, are missing out on some really great candidates because we have very rigid um, expectations for what a residency looks like. I think like. it's also, um, it's the clinic stuff is pushed so hard that you burn people out. Yeah. And, and again, but there's no flexibility in like what people's other life needs are. Um, there's no like, yeah, I want to do a residency, but I also would like to start having children because this is the time when my eggs are, are in the best shape of my life and they're only getting worse, you know? Like, so a lot of people are like, but I really want to start having kids and I can't do that while I have, while I'm in a residency. And I want to be like, yeah, you can. Yeah. And I don't want it to be like, oh, you're a superhuman individual where you, you just work through your yeah, the, everything. The no. she can do both can. No, like, I no. It, I want it to be. We have it built into this program where if you want to take six months off for maternity or paternity leave, you can do that, and we mm -hmm. we are set up to do that. Or you have a sick family member that you need to care for. You need to take, or you yourself have an illness or injury, and you need to take time. Like I would like that kind of flexibility. Or just built even in. having to where it's like not just such a, a strenuous job yeah. that you don't need yes. any of that. It's like, oh, I can handle. Right. That That is the huge thing. And I've, I've talked with um, my department head about this, that I wanted, I was very, very clear and upfront, like when we got this second position approved, that the next step after that would be to start a residency, not in a rush, but like that is the, the logical next step once we have everything planned. And, um, but that that resident is not going to replace any of our current positions. It's not like, oh, well, now that we have this resident, we're going to get rid of that um, that ECC faculty line or that um, ER faculty position, or now you don't, we're going to take away an intern. It's like, no, this is in addition to what we're doing now. This person, like, we can run this whole service. If this resident quits tomorrow, we can still run our service. Like, that. that's really important to me. And my department head was like, yep, that's perfect. Yep, like that. That sounds good. So um, so that that's, I think, really crucial and that we can set that up from the get-go that the residents are not warm bodies and they're not cheap labor that they're there as a supplement you know to what we're already doing and that because it's work to train yeah. residents that's if the you're thing doing I it right from like, the outside it's, it's hard like work the the people who make the least amount of money are there the most hours mm -hmm. and you're reliant on yeah them. i mean doing we currently have that just making it like a normal job yeah yeah it's um you know, I, right now we have an over-reliance on our interns in that they, and part of that, you know, is kind of the natural take is that we have an intern working overnight ER shifts. And that's largely because we're not that busy overnight. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and it would in some ways not make a lot of sense to put like a much more experienced doctor working there during the hours when we have the fewest number of cases like that. That's kind of illogical in a lot of ways. Um, but it does set, set us up that we're like in a pinch if we're down an intern. Um, 
And so yeah, I would like to also create more depth. Yeah, that'd be the same if you were depth. down a doctor. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, but I would like to create a little more depth in our system. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be the kind of thing where like we have a resident on and, you know, we have one resident. It's like, oh, the resident's out. We're fine. The, the, the service can yeah. still function. Um, so I want to I create that depth um, of the service. And that, in turn, allows the resident and everybody really to have that quality of yeah. life, to have <laughs> that you're not getting burnt out. We're not expecting the resident to work 80 hours a week and then be on call. Like that is not even a little bit yeah. like they're going to be working similar hours to what I would be working. So 40 to 50 hours a week is probably what you're going to be assigned. And the expectation is that you work 40 to 50. It's not, we're going to assign you 40, 45 hours a week and we're going to expect you to work yeah, you 70 to stay 80. Stay a couple hours. Like, like no, none of that crap. Like, no, why are you still here? What you need to look, work on being more efficient because that's not sustainable for your career. Like if you're training as a resident to be scheduled for 50 hours and then working seven to 80, we are training you to have an unsustainable career. And I don't want that. Like, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also training you to that your like academic stuff counts as hours worked. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing yeah. too in the, like the clinical side of yeah. academia. Okay. People, you work your 50 hours and then you go study. Yeah. People think their work hours are the hours they work in the clinic. And then because there's no value for the academic hours mm-hmm. when they get into their jobs, they just don't do that part. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, when I was in my residency, I didn't, that didn't count as any hours. Yeah. So like I had to now do I'm it. In but normal job. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know where that comes from, but it's like, no, the time you spend studying and teaching and writing and reading and things like that. Like, not that you never, like, I mean, I'd still do, we're doing a podcast outside of normal work hours right now, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like you never do anything outside of work. Um, but it, it, it shouldn't be the expectation that you are spending just as much time yeah. outside of work doing work. Yeah, anything outside work. should be for you. Yeah, yeah. Like extra things that you want to do or, and again, like the job, I'm not saying like, nope, I clocked out at this time and I'm done and I'm going to, like, no. Sometimes the job demands a little extra now and again. And, and like, mm-hmm. I think everybody who goes into this field knows that. Like, all right, well, nope, four o'clock, it's done, I'm out. Sorry if the patient, it might survive if I stayed, but you know, it's four o'clock. Yeah. I'm not willing, you know, no, I don't, I don't want that attitude, but I think the beauty of, if you have the expectations that 90, 90 plus percent of the time you are working within these constraints, then you have that extra, you know, when it's needed, when it's really needed mm-hmm. and you know, and you have the ability to or, say no in the future. Yeah, exactly. You've learned how, because you're like, that's not realistic. So yeah, I, I really, I want to create something different in the sense that structurally, like I guess that it has more structure. So again, it's a curriculum and it's planned out. And I also want to create it so that, um, you know, the intention of it, right? Like the spirit of it is actually sustainable. (laughs) It's not just on paper, like, yeah, this, but then wink, wink, you're all, you're really going to work twice as much as we said. Like, no, (laughs) you're not. Like, this isn't a trick. This isn't a game. Um, We genuinely want you to like work hard and enjoy it. And I think when you just get work, you overworked, you don't enjoy it. And then people leave and they're just like, I committed to this. So I'm going to do it, but I'm yeah, not Yeah, well, and then you don't want to do academia because there's- It seems terrible. Yeah, it seems terrible. There's a group of people that you probably hate that are <laughs> like yeah. probably yeah. a tenth of the people that are academic yeah. ECC. So yeah. it's like, oh, I can't go to any of those schools because I hate all those people. Or you see the people that are faculty setting that tone um, of where you're just like hanging out all the time, working all the time, or, or that like- Oh, 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 you're just like rushing out the door. Oh, you just want to leave. And you're like, yeah, I, I just, I worked 10 hours today. That, I'm a normal human for wanting to leave. Like that doesn't mean I'm not passionate. That doesn't mean I'm not dedicated. That means I'm human. <laughs> um, because I think we do have this, 
um, kind of unwritten or hidden hidden curriculum, um, this unwritten idea that if you aren't like living and breathing this stuff that you're not really dedicated. And that's frankly just false. It's, it's, it's terrible and it's dangerous and it's wrong. I love what I do and I do not feel bad when I want to go home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like those are not mutually exclusive things. And, um, and it's healthier, it's way healthier, um, than having to live and breathe this stuff. And so again, that's the environment, that's the culture that, um, I really want to emphasize when we create a residency. I want to do things again. I expect you to work hard. I'm working hard. Like I want you yeah, to but work while hard. you're there. Yeah, hard. exactly. And then, and then go and you're good and don't take your work home with you. And, and, you know, we have an intern, um, right now who works really, really hard, um, and is, is trying to like show like how dedicated they are. I'm really dedicated and I want to get a residency and I want to do all these things. And I was like, the flip side of that is you also need to show that you can be efficient, right? Like working 80 hours a week is not necessarily like in my eyes, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like I also want somebody who can demonstrate they understand the balance, um, that there takes that you're an overall healthy person. And, and I just think we really need to push back against that narrative that in order to prove you're dedicated enough, you have to, you have to work stupid hours. You have to work 80 hours a week in order to prove your dedication. No, it's just straight up. No, that is wrong. And we need to change that. And I would like to be part of that change. Mm-hmm. That's all. Just want to change the way. So again, my, here's my, my 10 or 15 year plan is that, um, in a couple of years, we start this residency and it's awesome. Like, and, and, you know, my plan is to kind of document all the things we do to develop it and then write it up. Um, and then probably do some surveys of our residents. Um, how's it working? You know, how's, how are things going? And, um, and then when word gets out that like, holy crap, this is awesome that I'm getting, you know, all the best candidates, everybody wants to come and do the residency here. Uh, and other people start to see that, like, oh, that that's really working. Their residents are really good. They're they're working hard. They're happy. Um, they're successful. They're going out and getting good jobs. And that everybody else is like, we're gonna have to do our residencies this way. Yeah. Like, well, it's easy too because you can just give them the curriculum. Exactly. But like, first, I, I'm gonna have to prove to a lot of people that it works and that it yeah. can work. Um, because I, I it'll be tough to prove because everybody who uh, finished gets an awesome job. So. No, mine are. It's going to be better for mine. They're going to have mine better, are, awesome jobs. They're going to be well. They're going to be well, actually. Happier. They're going to they're going to make lower pay than most um, graduates. Necessarily, mm, yeah, they are. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah, they're they but they're going to be happier. They're going to be so much happier, no matter what they decide to do. Probably they're just going to want to stay at our program because it's going to be the best program there is, and they're going to be like, nowhere else is good enough. And you're like, nope. Only I was two. like, no, you have to get out and do this somewhere else. Um, but it's harder, right, to take an existing program and restructure it. Um, right. So th- that's why I really want to take advantage of this opportunity of starting new, um, because this is a golden opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's hard to uh, completely change something that's working. Yeah. Um. And again, I'm not even. And it might be we do our research and we go, okay, well, what we come up with actually looks fairly similar to what's happening now, and that's okay. I'm not. I don't want to like reinvent things just for the sake of it, but I want to do that deep dive and say is what we're doing the best way. Because I mm-hmm. suspect there are at least small things that we can do to make it better and maybe big things. And I want to be prepared to make the big changes as well. Um, so yeah, that that's my goal. And I think we can revolutionize how we do resident. And then it starts in ECC and... You know, maybe maybe what happens is actually that um, the ECC residency at Virginia Tech becomes like the standard. And then the other specialties at Virginia Tech are like, that's awesome. We're going to start doing it that way, too. So it doesn't even become an ECC thing. It becomes a Virginia Tech thing. Mm -hmm. And then it trickles out from there. I don't really care how it trickles out. I just want everybody to be doing better. That's that's I see it more um, translating over to like the internship 
Because I feel like cool the ECC residency is more like the... Yeah, like, there's probably some similarities. That'd be great. I would love it if we could do that. Because they make you do a lot of... They make you yeah. do all the other specialties. Yeah. Which I imagine like cardiology, do they make you do all the other specialties no. for their college? Yeah. No. And then um, all the other... They do like probably... Most of the other things, um, things, things have, have times. It's the fact that you're 24-7. That makes it that makes it challenging. Yeah. But I even the other specialties, like they spend a lot of time on clinics and they don't necessarily have the same like I'm not aware of any residencies anywhere that have a big, a big and structured and explicit component of we are gonna teach our residents how to teach. Yeah. There's probably some doing it a little bit here and there. If you have a resident that has a particular interest, I tried to do that here and there, but it's not like, okay, you're going to spend the next six to eight weeks learning about the theory of how to teach yeah. properly with someone from the school of do. education. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. That's exactly because you're at a I university. I know. Like we're not taking advantage of all of the, yeah. the resources that we have. And that's what I want. I'm do. always amazed at that at universities. Yeah. It's like, we don't collaborate. well. Yeah. There's the like, Oh, we need to do this program or we need to have a, this art piece. There's a whole college of art over there and you're getting like a private company to yeah. make t-shirts. There is a little bit of that now and again, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very absolute, rare. It is rare. Like we are not taking full advantage of it. Um, absolutely. So um, yeah. And like I said, you know, I'm doing the ed psych masters and so I'm making contacts here. Um, and, it, and then it's I just, just know everybody. You just know because you pick up their junk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's not really about the week. That's about next week. Next and the week, week after and the week after and the week after. So this that was my my plug, my advertisement for if you or someone you know. So if you don't like any of that, don't either apply, apply to prevent Bobby from doing it <gasps> don't, oh. or don't apply. That is um because Bobby is relentless. I am pretty I'm pretty stubborn. Um that's the beauty though. You don't have to be stubborn. Um you can just like kind of be like, okay, I'm just gonna coast with Bobby. Um, like you have to work hard. Like, come work with me. You're going to work hard, but, um, I can be like the, the hammer. Um, what does that make them like the wrench? I don't know. The this analogy. What, what am I in the, come up with an analogy where I am what I am. And then the other person is whatever they need. The to ones be. that I can think of are inappropriate for <laughs> podcasts. Oh, okay. I'm just like, I, I'm the, like the get it, get her done. Like, Oh, I know throw, it is. Throw some punches, make so things happen. What, there was uh, one of my dad's friends. He's like, you need two tools and you can fix anything. Okay. It's a sledgehammer, which can ah. be you, and vice grips. Vice grips? Yeah. Okay. How do you, the sledgehammer I get, like, we're just going to like, let's just destroy this current system and then we're going to build it up from scratch. But what are the vice grips for? Uh, they just grab everything. They just grab everything. <laughs> uh, just, Okay. So if you want to be my vice grip, <laughs> um, apply for the job at Virginia Tech to be the second criticalist. If you know an awesome criticalist and you think that they would be awesome to come work with me, tell them about this. Maybe they're not listening to the podcast. You don't have to tell, I mean, you can tell them about the podcast too, but they okay. don't need to listen to the podcast. But tell them about the job opportunity to come work with somebody super awesome. I assume if you're listening to the podcast at this point, it's probably because you have enjoyed it. If this is your I first. I don't know. We, we saw on um, Bodies, 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 uh, the new movie with Pete Davidson. Apparently people hate listen to podcasts. That's Ooh. a thing. Oh, they hate listen? Yeah. I don't they, think that's real. I, I could see someone doing that. Like they listen just to complain about it? Yeah. I mean, that's just somebody who likes to complain. It's kind of like, um, like if you watch a bad like TV it, show. It's like, oh, this TV show is so bad. No, you people say that. that, but they actually like it. Yeah. I don't think you would keep listening if you didn't like it. If you're one of those people who listen to this podcast because you dislike it, please reach out. I would love 
I would love to understand why you're listening. (laughs) Because why should, don't stop listening if you don't like it. Um, But if you are listening, unless this is the very first episode, in which case, listen to another one. Um, Give us a chance. (laughs) This might not have been your favorite. I think it's, I think pretty Oh, there was another thing that happened this week. Oh, what else happened? I I Google you every now and then. Oh, yeah. And then I was Googling and uh, the, you did like a pet first aid video thing. Yeah, that was like a long time ago. ago. Eight or 10 years ago. And um, I was like, oh, I wonder if any of those are on YouTube. Um, out they are. And I found one on YouTube that had like 600 views from a couple months ago. Yeah. But apparently they'd put it up six years ago and it has like 270,000 views. Quarter of a million views. Which is so cool. Yeah. So it's just, it's a video of me teaching like average Joe how to do CPR on a dog. Yeah. And a qu- over a quarter of a million people have seen it. Yeah. And like 17 people liked it. No, there was, it had, that one had like um, <laughs> 1.7 thousand likes. Oh, really? Well, yeah. that's, that's The 600 lot. one had 17 likes. Oh, I, I just made up the 17, but yeah, maybe that's why I, that's where I came up with it. Yeah. So I'm YouTube famous, but nobody knows it. Yeah. Well, not YouTube famous. You're YouTube. <laughs> You've had a video that, uh, that how many, relevant. how many video views do you have on YouTube? I don't know. Like a thousand. How many of those are you not in with me? Oh, none. They're all your videos. <laughs> so I am YouTube famous. That's right. In this household, I am super famous. Quarter of a million, dude. That's a lot. And those yeah. are those are not veterinary people, though. Those are like non-veterinary. Well, I guess some of them probably are. That was not geared toward veterinary. No, that was geared towards like, I think not. they advertise it for pet sitters, yeah. dog groomers. Or just if you have pets. and you Yeah, know, if you yeah, have pets. Basically, yeah. It's a course you can take. You can still like, it's like 75 bucks or 50 bucks to take the whole course, which is, it's all it the 50 bucks. 50 bucks. It's a yeah. whole pet for state course. I don't even remember how many modules we had, but it was like 15 or 16 different things yeah. where I like created all the content and then like they flew a team out and we filmed it all and we had some like animal actors and it's, it was pretty high quality actually. Like yeah. it's, it's a good course. I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, it gets good reviews on their, on their webpage, but um, yeah, but it, it's, it's again, it's, it's for it's not for veterinarians, not for veterinary professionals. Yeah, you need to look it up and watch it now, though, if you're not right. a vet, because that was one of the one oh. of the comments on there was like, it's like, really, YouTube? I have to watch an ad oh, while yeah. my dog is dying. Before yeah, I there are people that were like CPR. Googling how to do CPR while their animal, they thought their animal was dying. And so then the, then they have to watch an ad first. And they were like, <laughs> so really, you should plan ahead is, is the point mm-hmm. of this. Um, anyway, so yeah, you were Googling me this week and you found that. That was yeah. pretty funny. So. Awesome. Yeah. But I, if you, how long did it take? So you just searched my name. How long did it take for that video came up? Uh, I think that might've been like the, if you go into YouTube and you do. It's like searching for my name, I a think video that Bobby has Connor, a quarter of a million aid. views. Yeah. It was like the second or third one. Oh, okay. All right. But I mean like a video with a quarter of a million views with my name, like it should be at the top. Yeah. You can't search Bobby Connor because apparently there's some. Um, there's some other people. Yeah. There's like a. I don't know what what religion he is, but he's um, a religious type guy. Does he spell his name the same as me? He uses a Y, but oh, when you search it with an I, it still comes still up with him. Like, Did you mean? He has less views than your video, but he, his are all that pop up. Oh, did he pay for that? Maybe. Yeah, he might promote him. I could oh, see that. okay. I was like, if you spell it wrong, it seems like you should, you, like if there is an option where it's spelled correctly, you think they'd go with that first. Yeah, and there's a child psychologist also that's Yeah, that's the one I've heard that's of. exactly the same. She does spell hers the same. Yeah. Uh, I am not She's a child psychologist. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyhow. So that that was the week. That's probably enough for this week. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. So IVEX, job posting, 
YouTube views. Yay. Yay. Um, so thanks for joining us for the week. Um, we will have to do this again in like two weeks after we've done our huge trip. Yeah. Um, assuming we survive. If we, if we, if you never hear this, this is our last show. Just know we died doing something awesome. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Did I get too dark at the end?